Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Indians 11, the Detroit Tigers 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And oh man, was that a fun game last night. What a way to uh, to really unload the offense, unlock the offensive potential, and really unload on the Detroit Tigers, which is what the Detroit Tigers are there for. Let's be honest. The last place team in your division is there for you to unload on. They're there for you to rack up 16, 17, 18 wins on your season. That's what rebuilding last place teams in your division are for. We didn't do it in the first series. We are doing it in this series. So let's take a look at it. Let's get into the storylines, the box score, the stats, the data. Let's take a look at everything that went down last night on an incredibly fun baseball game. I actually got to enjoy the radio broadcast of the game last night. I decided to take the dog for a hike because the weather in Cleveland was so nice. We got our hike in before the rain came, just like the Indians got this game in before the heavy rains came. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm walking through the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, throwing my hands in the air in victor in celebration every time Hammy calls out a home run. Uh, It was a blast. So uh, the storylines have to be the power, right? The power. Unlimited power. That's right. Sometimes I quote Star Wars. Um, the Indians had five home runs, almost six, arguably six, depending on how you interpreted Jordan Luplo's double off the top of the wall. Uh, I I didn't get to watch it in real time, so I don't know how many looks you got watching it in real time if you were watching the TV broadcast. Uh, Hamilton seemed pretty convinced it was a double. And Manning on the TV broadcast seemed really convinced it was a home run. On the on the one uh, extra look they give you uh, and the game highlights, I, I don't know if that ball grazed the railing or not. It looks like it hits the top of the pad. It looks like it hits the yellow line and bounces straight back to the field. So uh, my interpretation was double also, so... Uh, I know there were a lot of people angry at the umpires. I don't know why you're angry at an 11-3 blowout. I mean, a two, it was a two-RBI double as opposed to a three-run home run. Uh, the Indians were rolling last night. Luplo was rolling. Like, what What are you? Just, just it's fine. It's fine. It kind of looked like a double to me, too. So, uh, yeah. So, five home runs from the Indians. You get home runs from Jordan Luplo. Cesar Hernandez, Fermil Reyes, Roberto Perez, and Andres Jimenez with his first home run and first RBIs as an Indian. So, what was awesome about this is that aside from Fermil Reyes' home run very late in the game, right? Reyes doesn't hit his home run until the seventh inning. Aside from that, all of this offense... All of the hits, aside from Reyes' one solo home run, come from the bottom to top of the lineup. Hitters three, four, five, and six barely contributed anything to the offense last night. That's right. Jose Ramirez, Eddie Rosario, Fermil Reyes gets his solo home run, and Ahmed Rosario don't contribute to the offense. 
It all starts with Yu Chang. Every rally started with Yu Chang last night. Yu Chang playing first base against the lefty, and they didn't pinch hit for him late in the game when other pitchers came in. They stuck with him for the whole game at first base. Um, they eventually brought Ben Gamble in for defense. Eventually, once we had the big lead, they brought Ben Gamble in for defense and center field for Ahmed Rosario, but he was the only pinch hitter last night or defensive replacement. So Yu Chang gets the whole game, and yeah, he was the rally starter. He had the double. Uh, he had a walk. He scored two runs. Uh, yeah, he was the rally starter. Uh, and then Roberto Perez, huge offensive day for Roberto Perez. Not only does he have a home run, but he walks three times. They walked our catcher who hits eighth, who's only, well, now he's batting 267 on the season. Uh, I mean, he's a low 200 hitter. We all know that, which is fine. But when you're doing this, we talked about this a few days ago. If Roberto Perez can contribute this, a two-run home run and three walks, not to mention four runs scored. That's right. Every time he was on base, he scored. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible from Roberto Perez. And that's the kind of production that is the huge difference maker from when you're in the eighth spot. Andres Jimenez, he uh, he has that one hit, but he also walked once. He scores two runs, has two RBIs, and then flip it around to the top of the lineup. Now, whether Luplo is batting, batting leadoff only matters once in the game. It only matters in that first inning. Other than that, he might as well be the ninth hitter in the lineup. Like, it wouldn't change the game if he were the ninth and Cesar was leading off, or if he's leading off and Cesar is second, right? The lineup still flips around. It's still circular. Uh, it does mean he gets more at-bats, but that was okay last night because he has two monster hits. In fact, him and Cesar Hernandez both have a double and a home run to show last night. Luplo with five RBIs, his career high in RBIs, and a run scored. Cesar Hernandez had three hits last night, a double, a homer, he has one RBI on his solo home run, and, and only one run scored because the guys behind him, that's where the rallies end. Um, in fact, Jose Ramirez and Eddie Rosario did not qualify for a hard-hit ball based on baseball savant last night. So Cesar Hernandez is where the offense ended. And yeah, that's, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible when your one, two, seven, eight, and 9 hitters are the ones getting it done. That's... What's been awesome about this little win streak we have going, that's what's been awesome about the Indians' offense is that every day it's been a different hero, right? Every day somebody else in the lineup is stepping up to the plate, and that's what you need in baseball to win. In basketball, yes, LeBron can go off for 25-8-8 eight, and eight every night, right? LeBron can do it every night. Uh... Giannis up in Milwaukee can do it every night. Kevin Durant can do it every night. But in baseball, Mike Trout can't do it every night. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. can't do it every night. You need production from all over the lineup. And Jose Ramirez can't do it every night. So Jose Ramirez did it in the Kansas City Series, right? He had two home runs. He was the entire offense, four RBIs. Uh... Two days ago, Fermio Reyes, he is the entire offense. He has the two home runs. He's the hero of the game. Well, neither of those guys, well, Fermio Reyes didn't get it. So I, it threw off this, uh, 
you know, this whole storyline when Fermil Reyes hit that solo home run. Because up until that point, the middle of the order hadn't done anything. But uh, Fermil Reyes didn't really, at that point, the game was already, you know, the win probability was buried in the Indians' favor at that point. It was almost 100% win probability. So uh, not much effect on the game. The effect on the game came from Luplo and Roberto Perez and Chang and Jimenez and Hernandez. So that's what's cool about baseball, and that's how you that's how you put together a winning season. You know, teams that rely on one guy stick around 500 the whole time because if that guy's not producing, I mean, that's why the Angels have never really taken off because it's you know it's always been around Trout. Otani's been hurt. Rendon struggled in his first season with the Angels. Now it feels like the Angels are putting it all together a little bit on offense, but this is how the Indians have to do it. So I would expect today, you know, be ready today for a new hero. Maybe it's going to be Eddie Rosario today. You know, he's been quiet for a few days. Maybe it'll be Ahmed Rosario today. Maybe both, both of them will go off. Maybe the Rosario brothers. I know they're not brothers. It is confusing, though, when you're listening to the radio broadcast and Hamilton calls a deep drive for the Tigers. Rosario drifting back to the wall makes the catch on the track. It's like, okay, which Rosario? It actually matters right now because we're all keeping an eye on Ahmed Rosario in center field. So, um, so yeah, you, who, let's see. Let's see who is going to be the hero today. All right, uh, speaking of uh, the offense, it did make me think, what's the most home runs hit in an Indians game? And occasionally we'll jump over to Baseball Almanac and we'll check in on things like that. The most home runs in a game for the Indians is eight. So, you know, they came close. Uh, Eight home runs. They did it against the Milwaukee Brewers on April 25th, 1997. And then they did it again against the Seattle Mariners on July 16th, 2004. So twice in uh, their franchise history, they have put up eight home runs in a game. You can imagine what the lineup was in 97. Who knows in 2004 who hit all those home runs. Now, the most home runs ever hit by a team would go to the Toronto Blue Jays against the Baltimore Orioles on uh, September 14th, 1987. Toronto Blue Jays put up 10 home runs in the game. Most of these franchise records are at 7 or 8. So yeah, so 5 home runs is pretty impressive for the Indians' offense. 5 RBIs from Jordan Luplo, obviously very impressive. The record for the Indians, this is over on uh, MLB.com. The most RBIs in a game for the Indians has happened twice, most recently by Lonnie Chisenhall. It is 9. 9 RBIs. Lonnie Chisenhall did it against Texas in uh, 2014. I remember that game. He was he was unstoppable at the plate. Uh, I love when Lonnie Chisenhall would get hot. Him and Tyler Naquin, had like the, they had the same swing, right? Same swing. And you throw him something low and inside, and they would have that quick left-handed turn on it, pull it down the line swing. Um, so yeah, Chisenhall went off for nine RBIs. So Luplo, five RBIs, still impressive. All right, let's get into the next storyline because it is all about, it's not all about the offense. It was about the pitching last night too. Aaron Savali was locked in. His uh, his final line is seven and two thirds, only three hits, one earned run, six strikeouts, one home run given up. He did give up a home run late, a solo home run in the seventh inning, but Savali was absolutely 
just working the Tigers, just working them. I mean, he did give up, you know, according to Baseball Savant, he did give up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hard hit balls yesterday, but it didn't matter. The defense was in the right spot. Um, there were some long fly balls to Eddie Rosario in left field that he catches at the track. Um, so I don't know what the difference was between the swings the Indians were putting on and the swings the Tigers were, but that little bit of difference, you know, made all the difference. Because uh, if they started hitting home runs last night, then that would have been an interesting game. But no, Savali keeps him in the yard. That's what Savali does. Uh, he just kind of keeps you off balance. He, with the, you know, what they call pitching to contact. Uh, six strikeouts is pretty high for him. Uh, he doesn't throw as hard as some of the other guys. Although I did see on a high strikeout, he did get his fastball up to 93 on a high strikeout, which was cool. Uh, but Savali just keeps it moving in the zone, throws you every different pitch you can think of. In fact, let's go over to the player breakdowns and let's look at all the pitches that Savali threw yesterday. He threw the four seam. He threw the changeup, the cutter, the curve, the slider, the sinker. Like, that ball is dancing all over the place. No wonder he's inducing weak contact. Uh, he is never going to have a high CSW. Remember, that's uh, called strikes plus whiffs divided by total pitches. Uh, he was only at 22%, and most of the Indian starters have been up in the 30s so far this season. Uh, his most effective pitch was the curveball for uh, CSW, um, which he only threw 12 times. He threw the four-seamer. Surprisingly, he throws the four-seamer uh, 26 times. His, mo- his highest number was of you know pitch count was on the four-seam. He threw the changeup 22, the cutter 18, the curve 12, the slider 7, and the sinker 5. So, yeah, that's his pitch mix. And if we go over to the Illustrator on Baseball Savant, it's interesting to look at uh, the results of those pitches. So when you look at Aaron Savali, it's a lot of outs, right? Outs made, uh, ground outs, fly outs. And they're all the gray circles here on the Illustrator on Baseball Savant. And they're kind of all, uh, you know, organized around the middle bottom middle of the plate he's putting him in the zone he's letting he's saying come hit it come on come try to make contact guess if this ball is going to cut in or down or drop or sink go ahead take your best shot at it and yeah i'm talking middle of the zone but down down at the knees and that's how he's getting most of his outs his strikeouts did come from pitches that were on the the left edge of the plate a lot of up pitches for strikeouts so he would go up if he had his chance and go for the strikeout um cutters he threw a cutter for a bunch of strikeouts yeah that's that cutter that cutter that is at the top left corner of the strike zone the four seam fastball at the very top of the strike zone that high one i'm telling you that one is at the guy's chin and uh he does get another strikeout on a change up a change up that was down and in so yeah so that's his pitch mix right there and it's really effective for Savali jumping over to fan graphs let's give you some more data on what Savali did last night one of the differences I love seeing the difference between the two starts especially because they were both against Detroit both effective but the ground ball rate last night he was up to 61.1 percent ground balls and it really helped because he did give up a couple hits, right? He gave up a couple singles. 
He never let a runner get into scoring position, though, because every time they singled, they were erased by a double play. And they were very bizarre double plays. The first double play was a 5-6-3 double play. That means a ball hit to the third baseman who throws to the shortstop covering second who throws the first base. And because of the shift, Hernandez was deep, deep in the hole, and uh, Jimenez was right behind second. And he he knew, I'm sure they practice this. They have to practice this when they shift this much, right? When they put Hernandez as deep in the hole as they do, uh, they have to practice this. But it's an interesting move for the shortstop running forward now, has to catch the ball running forward, almost like a slant route in football, has to catch that ball with that forward momentum and then throw to first base. So that was a unique one. And then uh, later in the game, they're shifted again. This time, it's a ground ball to the right of second, but that's where Jimenez is lined up in the shift. So he throws to Jose Ramirez covering second base. It's a five. It's a six. Five three double play. Uh, so this time, Jose Ramirez, the third baseman, covers second and makes a throw. We know Jose Ramirez grew up playing shortstop, right? He was a shortstop. He played second. He played third. He could do it all. So Jose Ramirez gets the job done there, and Savali gets the double play because he kept getting ground balls. 61% ground balls last night. Uh, they were pulling the ball a lot more than they did in his first start against the Tigers. In the first start against the Tigers, they went up the middle 40% of the time. Last night, only 11% of the time did they take a ball up the middle. They pulled it 61% of the time. Uh, and this is where it gets funky. So you think, okay, so he's inducing weak contact, right? It must be he's keeping these hitters off balance. He's inducing weak contact. No, they hit the ball hard, what Fangraphs considers a hard hit, 50% of the time, as opposed to 27% soft contact, 22% medium contact. So yeah, uh, if you go to the plate discipline numbers, this is interesting. They are almost identical. Identical to his first start of the season. So that is pretty consistent. The outside the zone swinging is in the 30% range. The inside the zone swinging is in the 70, high 70% range. Uh, the swing percentage, the amount of pitches guys swung at in his first start, 51.6%. In this start, 51.1%. So yeah, his first pitch strike was down a little bit from 62 to 54, but I mean, really consistent, really, really consistent. His swinging strike, swing and miss, right? 11% in his first start, 11.1% in this start. So Aaron Savali is nothing if not consistent. And you need that. You absolutely need that in a starting pitcher. And it's something the Indians have had, right? It's something we've kind of always had. Um, if you go all the way back to Charlie Nagy, right? Nagy was that guy, that consistent guy who's probably not going to make many all-star games, maybe a couple here or there. Maybe when he becomes the veteran of the staff, he gets to pitch opening day, but he's just consistent. Uh, Jake Westbrook was like that for a while in the 2000s. Westbrook, you knew what you were going to get. Ground balls, quick game. Man, do you remember Westbrook and Burley for the White Sox? Those games would be over in like two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, and then Kluber was kind of like that, and Kluber was the best of it, though. Kluber was showed you like what that consistent starter could, consistent calm can starter could be at its best, which was a Cy Young winner, which was a guy that was so locked in in the strike zone, you couldn't touch him. 
so yeah, so Kluber is definitely the ceiling of what that guy can be. Uh, and it looks like Savali has a chance now. It's what he looked like in 2019. He struggled last year. He rebuilds his windup, right? He rebuilds his delivery. And it looks like he could be back at that level, that guy that is just consistent. So my last storyline is actually about the team as a whole, right? The team stats. You probably think that this offense is pretty bad. And if you just look at team batting average, then yes, this team is pretty bad. This team is the, where are they? The 16th. Okay, so middle of the pack right now for hitting at 224 batting average, right? Okay, you're thinking that's terrible. Well, guess what? For OPS, which is on base percentage plus slugging percentage, for OPS, the Indians are actually the seventh best team in baseball with a 757 OPS. Now, the Cincinnati Reds are ridiculous. They're at 949 OPS. We're facing Cincinnati in a few games, so be ready for that. Uh, Cincinnati's offense against our pitching is going to do, be one hell of a matchup. The Dodgers are obviously crushing it at 870. Houston, Minnesota is doing pretty good. Uh, you know how they love hitting home runs there. Well, the Indians come in at 7th. Uh, the Padres, the White Sox, then the Indians. Uh, and it's because of the home runs. Guess who has the third most home runs in baseball? That's right. It's your Cleveland Indians with 14 home runs. The Reds and the Astros are the only ones higher at 16. That's right. We're beating the Minnesota Twins in home runs right now. So, yeah. So, it is quite impressive from the Cleveland Indians. Uh, other things that are interesting from the Indians' offense, I mean, there's other things that are not going well. They're not walking a ton. They're 18th in walks, but they're also not striking out a ton. If you remember last year, it felt like we were striking out all the time. We only have 49 strikeouts as a team so far this year. That is the, I'm going to say it, that's the best in baseball. Why? Why is the, It's technically third. Why is it the best in baseball? Because the two teams ahead of them are the Washington Nationals and the New York Mets, who have each played two less games. And the Nationals are at 41, the Mets are at 46, and then the Indians are at 49. The next closest is the Kansas City Royals at 60. 11 more strikeouts as a team. And we've played one more game than them. So, yeah. So, the Indians offense is definitely, definitely doing some unexpected things and is definitely getting the job done, right? We can't say that they're a, uh, you know, a great elite offense, but they are getting the job done and it shows in where they rank uh, amongst teams in Major League Baseball. And, of course, the pitching is also doing its job. Uh, for Team ERA, uh, the Indians come in at 295. That puts them at fourth best in baseball. The Padres are at 198 Team ERA. The Padres are insane right now. And uh, Musgrove's... Okay, I have to apologize. I have to apologize for yesterday. I have to print a retraction. I called Musgrove's... Uh, game, a perfect game. It was not. It was a no-hitter. I apologize. I'm sorry for misreporting that. Uh, it was a no-hitter. When you look at the box score and there's no hits and no walks, you assume perfect game. I did not see in the fine print that he did hit somebody. So a hit batsman is the difference between a perfect game and a no-hitter for Musgrove, but that helps the team ERA significantly. So the Twins actually come in second best in baseball. The Yankees 
which is surprising because the Yankees have gotten beaten up by Tampa Bay recently, and then the Indians come in at fourth best team ERA. Uh, when you look at some of the other stats, oh, like whip, the Indians are second best in baseball. The Padres are at 0.89 whip. Walks, hits per inning, pitch. Less than one. The Indians are right at one. 1.0. The Twins right behind them at 1.03. So yeah, so the Indians are pitching really, really well. And we all know the Indians love their strikeouts. Their pitchers love striking guys out. Well, they're actually down on the list. They're 11th best in baseball right now at 10.18 strikeouts per nine. So that is, uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Just wait till Shane Bieber starts again, and that number will probably jump up. So uh, that is how the Indians are doing, whether it's hitting or pitching, compared to the rest of the league. And they've slipped into second place now. They've got a winning record at 4-3. and three, And they're the second place team in the American League Central. And I know it doesn't matter right now. It's like the second week in April. But as bad as it felt to lose opening day, and to lose the first two games, Season's actually going okay. It, it, uh, we told you there was no reason to hit the panic button. We told you there were still reasons to be optimistic. And uh, and the Indians are proving you know us right, us optimists right, by winning some ball games, putting together a win streak here, and having a pretty decent start to the season. All right, so uh, that is all the storylines from the game yesterday. Um I did go to Twitter. I did crowdsource MVP for the day because, I mean, who do you pick? Look at this box score. Who do you pick? Do you pick Luplo with his five RBIs, his double and his home run? Do you pick Cesar Hernandez, who finally busted out of his slump? He had only had that double to lead off the season. That was his only hit. Well, now he's added another double and a homer and a single. Now he's up to four hits on the season, so he busts out of his slump. Is he worthy of MVP for the day? Roberto Perez, yes, he only had one hit, but he walked three times. He scored four runs last night, including that monster, monster home run. And uh, these home runs, man, the way they've got them mic'd up now, the way this stadium is mic'd up, yes, you got a little bit too much crowd noise. Like, I should not be hearing the fans heckling the Tigers batters. Like, I mean, curse words and all, like, they got to turn down their field mics a little bit. But whatever mic is pointed right at home plate that's picking up the crack of the bat, these home runs sounded awesome. Lublo sounded great. Roberto Perez just sounded great. Um, Who hit that home run for the uh, Tigers? Candelario. I mean, you literally heard them heckling Candelario, and then he hits the home run and points up at the hecklers. And was like talking to himself all the way around the bases. They really, the hecklers really pissed off Candelario. At least that's what it looked like last night when he hit that monster home run off of Trevor Steffen. uh, Gave him a hanging slider right in the zone that Candelario did not miss. Um, Other cool things from the home runs last night. uh, Fermil Reyes, I think Andre Knott or one of the TV broadcasters said that he was pointing up at his kid. After he hit the home run, that's cool. That's cool from Fermil Reyes. And then I, I think Andres Jimenez was also pointing up towards the family section maybe after he hits his home run. So a lot of celebrating going on last night. So, you know, does Andres Jimenez get it for his first home run as an Indian? 
you know, there's so many worthy candidates, but I went to Twitter and you guys picked Aaron Savali as your MVP for the day. And I can't argue with that. Like I said, seven and two thirds, six strikeouts, only the three hits and the one run given up on the solo home run, but just keeping the Tigers hitters off balance all day. You can't argue with it. That start was awesome from Aaron Savali. And if he keeps doing that, the Indians are going to win a lot of games on his day in the rotation. So Aaron Savali, he gets MVP for the day. Well, we'll run it back pretty early today. It's a one o'clock game. The weather looks nice and it's going to be a, it's been a fun baseball weekend here in Cleveland and hopefully the Indians can finish it off. Keep this win streak going as we head into Chicago to start the next series. Uh, Logan Allen will be on the mound today against Detroit, and he is they're not going to do the piggybacking or anything like that because Tristan McKenzie has been announced for the starter as the starter for game one uh, against the White Sox. Bieber will probably pitch game two there. So everybody gets an extra day of rest. McKenzie will pitch. Now, does that mean Cal Quintrill might come in and eat up a few innings? Uh, we'll see. Or we'll see if uh, maybe Logan Allen had a conversation with Terry Francona and said, hey, man, if I'm cruising, Leave me out there. I'm a starting pitcher, all right? I'm a major league starting pitcher. Leave me out there. Let me work. Uh, So, yeah, so we'll see how long Logan Allen goes today, and he is going to be squaring off against Urena for the Tigers. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Progressive Field. It's the Indians 11, the Tigers 3. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. In case we crowdsource any more MVPs for the day, get in on the vote on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>